You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the War Dark Wizard, Guru of Goldfish, King of Coin, Lord of Lilies, Plumbing Crow, Maven of Mon, Algecidal Ace, Connoisseur of Clarity, Aquatic Aficionado, the one and only Prince of Pons. Hello, this is Ken Jones. Welcome to our podcast radio show number nine, what I like to call our podcast, a production of the new Ornamental Water Feature Academy. I am the Prince of Pines. Come join us down at the pool, because court is now in session. Today we have as our guest the pond hunter, Mike Gannon. Mike is a YouTube star with nearly a million hits on his pond videos. We're going to hear about Mike's services for the pond owner and pond owner wannabe. And pick up some tips. But first, I have a couple of announcements. I invite you to listen in on my new podcast, Jungle Deep. On Jungle Deep, we explore the tropical lifestyle. Our audio safari includes tropical plants and exotic animals, exotic music and jungle movies, tropical cocktails and exotic foods, rainforest preservation and wildlife conservation. You will find Jungle Deep on our website. I have recently reorganized my websites to put all my projects in one place. Please note this. All my podcast and video projects can be found here. That's at www.calaverasgold.tv. Now that's Spanish, Calaveras, C-A-L-A-V-E-R-A-S, gold, G-O-L-D, like the mineral, .tv as in television. The homepage is a directory. Simply click on the program you want. Here you will find, among others, Prince of Ponds, Pet Tech, and Jungle Deep. I am thrilled to be able to bring to you Prince of Ponds. To have fun while answering your most pressing questions, send them to me by email at, and this is a new email address, so take note, princeofponds at calaverasgold.tv. I will answer back by email, and I may use your question on the program. As with my prior episodes, there are wonderful photos and additional information available for you on the episode show notes page on our website. Articles on related topics can also be found in our website library. Visit calaverasgold.tv and click Prince of Pawns in the directory. Prince of Pawns will be right back after these messages. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. 
Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Now, our feature topic, East Coast Water Gardens with The Pond Hunter. Today I have as my special guest, Mike Gannon. Mike is an East Coast pond professional known on YouTube as The Pond Hunter and doing business as Full Service Aquatics, who has been making extensive use of internet technologies to promote his business. But I think we've actually got him online here. It's Mike Gannon. He's known as The Pond Hunter. And Mike, uh, are we connected here? Yeah, and we're here. Okay. Good to be here. Third we're time gonna, lucky, I guess. We're going to race through the next half hour and see if we <laughs> can get this all down <laughs> for our listeners to, to hear. Because Mike is a leader in the water garden business. He's proven it by the, the quality of his website and the uh, quality of his videos. He's been making terrific use of Internet technology, and in particular with media and videos. He's got a, a, his own YouTube channel. With I think you have over 40 videos on that channel, Mike, is that right? That's correct, yeah, we've got uh, 40 plus and, videos on there. And, and gosh darn, uh, somebody's looking at them because you've got almost a million views. So I, I think yeah, I, I think that's terrific. I think that's really doing, doing yeah, well. Yeah, it is. I, I was quite surprised. I looked at it the other day and saw it was over 900,000. I was like, oh my gosh, that, that, it was great, great to see. Yes, yes, it is. I, I just think you're on, certainly on the right track with using this kind of technology to promote your business. But you're not new at this business. And let's start at the beginning. Why don't you tell us how you got started in this unusual business to begin with? Where did it all start? Yeah, it is an unusual business, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a little off the, out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so without a doubt. I was always a fish keeper. I, that was my hobby ever since I was a little kid. And you know, my dad kept fish. My my grandfather even kept fish. So it, it it's in my blood. We speaking of tropical fish here, or or outdoor fish? Tropical, actually. So I tropical. And that's, that's uh-huh. where I came into it too. As, as a kid, I kept everything. I, I kept guppies and live bears and platies and swordtails and mollies and all that good stuff. And just kind of always mm-hmm. kept with it and always upgraded. Not necessarily upgraded, but changed the type of fish. So I've I've kept everything in fresh water and salt water and. So my core love really comes from working with fish and, and being around them. Starting my own business was just something that I did about almost 20 years ago now. It just was my, my hobby from the early days. Uh, I was working as a park ranger, and I needed, quite honestly, uh, some extra income. So I started doing some services on the side. And eventually, over a period of time, that just grew. It took a few years, but it grew to the point where I figured it could be possibly a viable business and uh, took the leap and that was back now at that point that that's tropical fish aquariums that you were servicing or were well, you into I, ponds already at that point yes i was into ponds by that time i was doing everything mm. i was doing the services and clean outs of aquariums and ponds from even day one 
but eventually it just kind of led more into ponds. I, I don't mm-hmm. do a lot with aquariums now. I, I still do, but uh, not nearly as much as I'm involved with the, the ponds at this point. Well, tell us a little bit about what you have at home. I'm always curious whether to, to ask our guests uh, what kind of pets or aquariums or ponds or whatever they, they actually keep in their, their personal life. What do you have at home? Well, you'd think I'd have a ton of stuff, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, the cobblers often need the shoes, right? So uh, not necessarily. Well, put it this way. I used to have uh, six fish tanks at home with just everything. I'd be out working all day. I mean, it's long hours, so I'm doing all day, all night, doing fish tanks, and then I come home and see my fish tanks, and like, oh, you know, i got to do these now. So a few years ago when I moved, I simplified, and now I have one 40-gallon freshwater fish tank that I love, and I'm very happy with it, and I can keep up with it because I'm out in the field most of the time. And uh, I have a pond. I'm actually looking out at my pond right now. It's uh, 26 by 15. I got... Uh, about 23 koi in there, varying sizes, a nice waterfall and water garden. So mm-hmm. I, I do have pond and aquarium yeah. and a couple of cats as well. And a couple of cats. <laughs> and, and they're very well entertained, I would say. Yeah. I, my male cat goes outside, and he loves the pond. I mean, literally, that's just part of what he does. He goes out and does a cruise around the pond and takes a sip from the world's most expensive water bowl, according to him, you know. He's on making his rounds through the neighborhood, but he it's funny. He loves the pond, and he goes right up. He sits by the waterfall, and the fish come up to him. They're not afraid at all. They go right up to him, and he just sits there and looks at him and never bothers him and just goes about. And uh, I bet some of those fish are nearly as big as he is. <laughs> they are. They are. I, ha- I happen to catch him out of uh, just the window, looking out of my kitchen window. He was by the pond without me. And um, all the fish came up and kind of splashed around. They thought maybe they were getting fed and, and splashed them the other day. It was pretty funny. Just he, he took off pretty quick. So he knows who's boss around the pond. It's not him. And I'm curious now in that aquarium, is that a freshwater tropical tank or a saltwater tank? Or what do you have there in your tank? Freshwater tropical. And uh, I'm keeping parrot uh-huh. fish right now. So I got uh-huh. uh, four beautiful bright red parrot fish and a little quarry cat swimming around in there. And that's it. It's a very simple, very basic setup. Yeah. And so how would you say you learned about how to do ponds, how to maintain them, and how to uh, to actually build them from scratch? Well, I'm, you know, a lot of it is just, I think, like most or many people in our industry, it's organic. It starts as your hobby, so you're always learning with trial and error. And I've been keeping fish so long that, I mean, I've I've made all the mistakes you can make. Um, so I've, I've always learned that way through reading, through video, through talking to other people, um, and even training programs. A lot of the pond companies out there now have training programs where they teach you how to build a pond, and I've done plenty of those and, and had exposure to a lot of different other pond builders. So that that's how I learn about it. What services do you offer today? Everything from installations and maintenance to renovations and repair upgrades, you know, really anything having to do with ponds, we do any type of service at all. And I work with all different types of ponds. It doesn't matter to me if it's a concrete pond or a EPDM pond or or a little, you know, shell that somebody bought from Home Depot. Um, We offer our services to everybody. And have you seen over these 20 years that you've been working on this stuff, have you, do you believe there's a real growth in people's interest in these things? Now I do. Yeah. It's a took a while, but I do think that people are getting more interested. They're getting more adventurous, especially when it comes to ponds. 
as far as what they're willing to to try out. People will go with bigger, more elaborate systems now, which is nice. When I was first getting into it, uh, I worked with a lot of small ponds and a lot of kind of hobby-level equipment, whereas now most of the ponds that I install, at least, my customers are going with professional-grade materials and going with bigger ponds and elaborate more elaborate waterfalls, doing the whole thing, the koi pond, water garden fusion, and I think people are more comfortable trying to do these things now. Do you find that you run into other landscapers? I mean, that's something I've seen a change over the years. Well, just a, a growth, uh, quite a big growth, really, in landscape contractors taking on water features, ta- doing these ponds, thanks to the uh, more ready uh, availability of these pond kits. More of them out there building ponds for homeowners. So are you r- running into that in, in your area? And we should mention where you are, too. Why don't you tell our listeners where you, you operate? Yeah, I, I operate in New Jersey. We're, we're based in Summit, New Jersey. And because uh, we're uh-huh. so specialized, we service a pretty broad area, most of the state that we deal with. And for certain projects, we're tra- we'll travel as well. I've built up mm-hmm, in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, New York, uh, you know, kind of all over. It really depends on what the project is. But we're based in Summit, New Jersey. All righty. And so have you seen uh, over, t- you've been doing this for about 20 years, did you say? Yeah, I started my own business in 95. So that was 17 years ago. And before that, I was uh, doing okay. services for somebody else. So I've professionally, mm-hmm. in that sense, I've been doing it for about 20 years. And, you know, as a hobbyist, I've always done it. You've become, uh, through this process, your licensed contractor in your state. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, what, what kind of license does a pond specialist need to have in your state it's these days? It's a home improvement contractor license. Mm. That allows you to do pond installation and that, that line of work falls under home improvement contractor in the state of New Jersey. It's an annual license, so you, you have to reapply every year, and it's very easy, it's, and it's not terribly expensive. So, it's, um, you know, if you don't have one and you do a pond, you should have one. And do, do the landscapers, are they able to install ponds as well under their landscape license, or do they need a, this home improvement license to do ponds, or, or how does that work? Yeah, the landscapers as well need to have the home improvement because uh, in this state, at least, even if you're installing a, a, a bush, if you're putting in, you know, a, a rhododendron or an azalea or whatever the case, you need to have a license to do that if you're offering it as a professional service. So, yes, landscapers, too, are going to have the home recruitment contractor license. In addition to a landscape license? I think they fall under the same category. So it's the home improvement contractor covers landscapers. Uh, oh, it does? Well as, uh, yes. Yeah. I see. So I, I was thinking it was two separate licenses. Okay. Yeah, that's, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So I guess that that means you you well that that means you're you're available you're able to go ahead and do some general landscaping as a part of your your pond projects. Uh, do you choose oh, yeah. to do that, or do you prefer not to do that? Do you work with landscapers, or do you tend to do landscaping yourself? Well, a little bit of everything. We're actually working on a project right now that is primarily landscape. It does have a pond and waterfall built into it. But we're renovating a backyard and doing retaining walls and making tier, uh, double tier backyard and putting in, you know, natural stone staircases and stuff like that. But we do do hardscapes, pavers and stuff like that as well. It's not really how I bill myself because I, I do try to stay very specialized with water features. Yeah, that seems really clear with your marketing materials. It's, it's very clear that you're a specialist in water features. That's very clearly uh, presented. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's almost too well presented sometimes because people don't 
realized that I, I did actually do the landscaping as well. So we, we do the planting, we'll mm. do patio areas, we'll do whatever the case is, whatever type of hardscape it is. So, yes, we do a little bit of everything, but, but my focus is on the, the water feature aspect. My experience in the biz was I, I found, at least in the early years, a lot of landscapers didn't want to do water features. <laughs> and, and I generally found when I showed up on a job site, especially if I was brought in by an architect, there'd be maybe, there might be two or three or four contractors involved in the job doing different aspects of it. And I, I always seemed to be welcome. Everybody seemed to be really glad that there was somebody to take on that water feature so they didn't have to worry about it. So uh, I, I didn't find uh, any competition. In fact, I found that generally the landscapers, uh, landscape contractors, as well yeah. as the architects, and uh, of course homeowners would, would bring me in and be relieved that they didn't have to do it. It was a nice feeling to feel that you're welcome everywhere you go. I think some of these contractors would do a few. I, that's what I've seen a lot of. A lot of contractors will say they yeah. do water features. They do a few of them, but never they don't do enough of them to get good at it. You know? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're truly amateurs with the water features, but they, you know, they feel like they should do or whatever. I think sometimes they feel obligated. But generally, um, you know, they probably have had some really bad experiences, you know, not knowing quite how to maintain water clarity or, or how to uh, protect against leaks. And I've, I've just met a lot of landscapers that just don't like water features, you know, from a construction point of view, because they've just had too many troubles with them. Have you have you had that kind of feedback, too? Or? Sure. And there's... Uh-huh. I have. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen quite a bit of that. I do do some work for several larger landscape firms around here where they'll, they'll have us come in and do the water feature for them. And I think it's for the reasons that you said. They, they've they done them. They haven't had good experiences with them, and it's it's not worthwhile. Their crews aren't accustomed to working water features, so it's it's a slower portion of the project. And I think it even makes economic sense. Have a guy, a specialist at it, come in and do in three days what it may take your crew a week or more to do. We can come in and, and knock it out. So I'm, I'm glad oh. to see that I do have some landscape companies that are, that are using my services in that way. You know, as, as we kind of touched on earlier, I have seen a big increase in landscapers, cut and blow kind of guys, you know, maintenance kind of guys who are willing to take on ponds because it seems like it would be very easy, even with new kits, which does make it easier, but it's not... It, it just isn't, and you and I know that. Uh, you, you need to really learn how to do water features correctly. If you're not doing it correctly, and it can be a real time bandit trying to troubleshoot a water feature that's going bad, whether it's from water quality issues or from the, the system just not functioning correctly. That, that's a big thing, too. I see a lot. I do a lot of repair. And I was going to ask you, what, per, what percentage of your business would you say is renovation of other water features that somebody else has already built? It's pretty substantial. Uh, I would say 25, maybe even 30 percent is renovation. And as far as just services, repair services for leaks and, and stuff like that, we do a lot of those service calls every year. And now a quick break for these important messages. Prince of Ponds will be right back after these messages. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. 
plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Jungle Deep, Deep, Deep. Hi, I'm Dr. Jones. I invite you to join us on the podcast that explores the tropical lifestyle, Jungle Deep. Jungle Deep, Deep, Deep. Our safari includes exotic animals, tropical plants, exotic food and drink, jungle movies, exotic music, rainforest conservation, and wildlife preservation. So join us. Jungle Deep, Deep, Deep. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. I found when I was once had a business similar to yours and did, of course, provide service. At one point, I had two crews that were out servicing on a daily basis. And then there was uh, renovations were, were about half of my work. And oh, half my projects were new projects, but half my work was rebuilding other people's mistakes. Yeah. That's how I got into it, is just uh, trying to solve problems for other people, doing service yeah. and, and trying to improve what they had. And there was just, uh, it's a great way to learn because you find out about everything that doesn't work. <laughs> and you, uh, yeah, really, it really informs your construction, you know, methods uh, when you can, when you get great exposure to a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes that have been made over time. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to hear that uh, maybe a third of your work, it work, it work, it work, it work, it other other water features. Yeah, I mean, we've we've probably even had years where it's been more. With those contractors, as far as bringing us in as a as a specialist in water features, and they staying away from it, some of it's just because. I mean, if they if you build, I mean, frankly, if you build a five, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar water feature and it leaks and you can't find the leak, you lose a lot of sleep over that, you know, because you you've just made some big money doing a big project on somebody's. Well, in most cases, a residence, and they have leak problems. It's it's really something to worry about. It can be a real. Well, as you said, a time sink, a real problem, just trying to identify that. In some cases, trying to fix it can be uh, pretty expensive. So, so, you know, why, 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 why worry about that? And then, of course, we have some expertise that the average landscaper is just not going to have. I mean, you, you've got to know not only about the water plants, but about the fish. And so you have to be a bit of a biologist. You have to understand water chemistry, yeah. about how to care for those fish, how to feed them, filtration, things that, I mean, you, I find that we water feature guys, we're part swimming pool experts, we're part biologists, plumbers. and part construction experts. Yeah, yeah part plumber, we gotta, part we got to have a, a well well-rounded education to, in order to be successful with these yeah, things. Yeah, even a little wildlife biology yeah. when you're dealing with herons and egrets and, and you know, different parts of the country may have yeah. uh, muskrat or otters or mink. And it's like you, you really need to have quite a background. It, it's funny. It's, it's a specialty in such a huge, broad spectrum of abilities. So I, I think more, you yeah, have to know a little put. bit or a lot 
if you're if you're good. You, you need to know a lot about a lot, and um, that's when it all comes together. That's when I think you know you can start really becoming successful at at building water features and making customers happy because you can build them and maybe leave them unhappy simply because of service. Maybe you you built something that aesthetically is pleasing and nice to look at and functions, but it has green water and string algae and fish, you know, aren't really thriving in there. They're not going to be happy about that. So you really need to know a little bit about all those things. Mike, do you ever get into formal fountains with statuary and tile work and all that kind of stuff? I do. I try to avoid it, honestly. But yes, uh-huh. uh, we, uh-huh. we usually uh-huh. do a couple fountain projects each year. Uh, they they do come up. The tiles and stuff like that, I don't get too involved with that. Just not really my expertise. So I don't try to do that. But as far as installing prefabricated fountains and stuff like that, uh-huh. absolutely. We do we do fountains. We do overflowing urns. We do uh, rock bubblers. Kind of any type of water feature. And that those are the fun, smaller projects that kind of fill in the gaps here and there. But, yeah, I, I, I enjoy those. What is your favorite type of water feature, Mike? I think my favorite really is a water garden koi pond fusion with a waterfall. Uh, I love the aquatic plants. I love having the water garden. I love koi and really all the different types of pond fish. So when you can bring all that together and have a really cool waterfall um, coming well, in. Well, 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 now, wait, wait, wait a minute, Mike. You, you know darn well you can't put koi in with water plants. I forgot about that. So let me take this off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've heard that. that. Well, now you know what do you what do you say to those people that say you? Uh, this is one of my one of my pet peeves. <laughs> uh, what do you say to people that uh, say that you you, you can't? I, I read your blog post on this on this. <laughs> I know what you say, yeah. but tell our audience what you say to people who say you can't put koi in with with water plants. A real koi pond uh, can't have plants. I, I kind of have different arguments for. It depends on who's saying that. Let Let's say I'm consulting with somebody who's considering putting in a pond, and they say, well, you know, my neighbor's son said that you can't do that. I'll invite them over to my pond and just say, well, take a look. I mean, this pond's been here, my current pond's been here about eight years, but I've been keeping ponds longer than that. But they can see for themselves that you absolutely can do it. I have lily, pickerel, mint, grasses. I got all sorts of stuff going on in there. So they can see it for themselves. But for other people, I've experienced a lot in social media, where people will just make a blanket statement, you can't do that. And I usually try to get into the debate about it because you can. And I think it scares people away from a terrific hobby. And it scares people away from our, our profession when you oh, say absolutely. you can't do that because it's just not true. Couldn't agree with you more, Mike. And I, you were very diplomatic in your blog post on the topic, too. But, yeah. Yeah, a water garden has fish and plants, and you you can have an emphasis on certain things. I, I can understand some people might be much more interested in the plants than maybe the fish and don't want to get, you know, I've had people tell me they don't want to worry about koi because they just think they're too expensive and they'd worry too much about them. But, but there's nothing more beautiful in my mind. There's nothing more complete, more um, more perfect than a water garden that's got its water plants and water lilies and koi in there. And yes, koi will chew on some. Some koi will chew on some plants. And there's a, 
I find there's a bit of an adjustment you have to make. Sometimes you have to remove certain plants or remove particular fish from the pond. But as overall, you know, I've taken care of hundreds of ponds that have both plants and fish and have had for years. And there's just, it's the best way to go. And there's no reason not to. It's certainly worth what what little adjustments you might have to make to make it work. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I got a hunch that that's your favorite kind of water feature is, is a complete water garden. Yeah, absolutely. And with a pretty waterfall to do, that, that's just, I could sit by that for hours and hours. And it doesn't get old. It doesn't, does not get old. If you know that you want to keep fish and you want to keep plants uh, and you're going into a project, you don't, people need to know that you don't have to choose one or the other. And if you're building ponds, there are ways to build them where fish just do not have access to the plants. So you can still have lush, lush water garden feature with a koi that just can't even touch your plants. You know, may, maybe they can get to some of the lilies, mm-hmm. the floating lily leaves, but other plants be certainly installed in a way that they just, there's no chance for them to even do any damage to them. Well, I, I think we have a lot in common and would agree on a lot of things. Let me change direction here for a moment and ask you, um, what do you think is the industry's greatest challenge, the water garden industry? Well, I mean, we're almost even touching on some of that, and that's, that's kind of information. The industry, I, I think, I think keeping fish is a human behavior. So long before our industry ever came around, people have kept fish for many, many different purposes, but enjoyment has always been an element of that. So I think it's something that people will always do. It's just a matter of whether they feel comfortable taking that step to do it. So I think the desire to have ponds and water gardens and water features will always be there, but the, the industry gets a lot of misinformation, and it is things like what we're talking about. So many people just choose there's a fence, and you got to be on this side of it, or you have to be on that side of it. There's nowhere in between, and that's, that's wrong. I've seen people not build ponds because they've just been scared away from it, so I think a lot of good information needs to be made more available to customers and consumers, so they're going to be more comfortable purchasing our products and services, and that's going to allow us to grow. And of course, the economy is a big one, because I'm sure you remember, you know, 10, 11 years ago, you didn't really have to do too much to make sales, and everybody was spending money and having a ball. But people are still spending money. You just got to work a little harder for it now. So I think the economy is going to slow things down. And I feel, at least in my area, there's been a little bit of a bounce back. People aren't freely spending money, but they're willing to do it as long as they're comfortable and I think they feel that they're being well-informed. I, I have to answer a lot more questions than I used to, which is fine, when I'm coming up on a new project and, and dealing with new customers. So I think that's a big cha- challenge. What are some of those leading questions? What, are, what do you find customers most concerned about? Whatever they're, they're looking at doing, keeping the fish, and they worry about the uh, equipment and, and to a certain degree. There's a worry of theirs, you know, if, if they're going to have good equipment or if it's going to be high-maintenance. Maintenance is a big concern. What is, you know, how much are they going to have to do once, once the pond is in? What do they need to do? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I usually address that in saying that there's a lot of ways to build ponds, and some of them are right. very high maintenance. There's just no doubt about it. There's high maintenance systems out there that are low performing as well. And then there's good systems out there that are low maintenance and high performance. And it takes professionals like ourselves to be able to wade through that information and, and present it to our customers in a way that they're going to feel comfortable uh, making that purchase. 
Well, as a customer, if I were to ask you this question, what would you say? Mike, if you build this pond for me, I mean, we're talking about doing this uh, nice water garden out here in the side yard that's going to be uh, 10 by 15 feet. And I, I want to know, can you guarantee me clear water? Can you do it, build it in such a way you can guarantee that I'm all, I'll always be able to see my fish? I would say, does Ken Jones guarantee <laughs> clear water? Who's he? Uh, <laughs> uh, you heard of that guy. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I, I, I'm very honest with people on the front end of doing any project because if you're not, these are long-term installations, it's going to come back to bite you. So, no, I, I don't guarantee clear water, but I do uh, guarantee that they're, they're going to have, and I never use the words crystal clear or gin clear water either. I just use clear water. But if they use the, the type of system that I install and I work with and you know, there's things you can do like UV to, to make sure that they have clear water. It's a matter of filtration, and that's what I tell them. You have to have the right filters if you want clear water. You can't ask me to do a 10 by 15 and then say that I want a box filter that's going to sit on the bottom of the pond and have a little spout in the center. Yeah, well, that's that's for sure. And, and, and you probably found, like I have, most of the ponds you run into are just way under-engineered, way under-filtered. I don't know how many ponds I've gone into to clean and found a little bread box, you know, on the bottom of the muck somewhere that somebody, you know, one of these small box filters that maybe has a, a small pad and then a little little circulation, something really designed for, a, for a, well, just something much, much, much smaller. And people just really underestimate how much stuff you got to filter out a pond. I, I've always told my customers ponds are about the dirtiest thing there is, potentially. I mean, they got they not only generate their own debris, but they, they get everything that blows into them, too, and that, anything that runs off in the way of runoff when it rains and the winds that blow. and So it's, it's really an ultimate filtration challenge. And so... Um, what, what percentage of a, of a project, when you install a pond, what percentage of the budget do you think is appropriate to put towards the circulation filtration system? Uh, for me, it typically ends up being about 30%, 25 yeah, to 30%. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I always found it to be about 30, 35% of my projects, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, uh, is there a filter system out there that you feel that you, I mean, if, if cost is not a, a, an issue here and I just want, I want a filter that gives me the best performance is there one that you feel that you can guarantee water clarity uh, with oh, we spend enough money no i don't um because guarantee uh, mm. and the reason i say that is because i've seen can I, i've seen i've gone on consultations for ponds that i that i haven't built i've seen filter systems where people have spent 20 grand on their filters forget the pond just the filter system that may be a little stretch 20 grand but significant amounts of money and they have fish that are dying. They mm-hmm. have pea soup green water, algae growing, you know, so there is no system that I'm comfortable saying that I guarantee it because, you know, there's the other side of it too. What is the, what is the pond owner doing? Do they know how to feed their fish? Did they put in a plant and just drop it in the pond and let dirt get all over the place? I mean, there's so many variables that I... There are. You're right. What about runoff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody. I've seen some ponds that are just really stupid the way the landscape. I, I have seen ponds where the landscape is deliberately, not only the landscape, but all the roofs of the buildings around the ponds where all the water was directed into the pond. Yeah. <laughs> all the runoff from a rain. Yeah. Amazing. Deliberately dumping everything from the, the total landscape and the buildings right into the pond. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And if, yeah, really if it wasn't stuff. designed, to handle that on the front end, then 
you just have disasters. I mean, that's it. You, you need huge amounts of filtration to handle those types of systems. What, what I do tell my customers is that the, the systems I install will have clear water. It, it is exactly what we're talking about. It's a matter of managing your pond correctly, having the right filters, the right balance, using the aquatic plants. I'm an aquatic plant. And, uh, yeah, I know you are. Treatments. Yeah, I'm not taking chemicals at all, but some of the, the treatments, bacteria treatments and stuff like that, um, barley extract I like using, that stuff is pretty good. Then they will have very good results. But uh, to guarantee it is, I think, kind of foolish. Yeah. Well, it, you know, guarantees, guarantees can come guarantees. back to bite you, huh? Yeah. There's one one issue I, I, I know that I know that we have a lot in common and, and I appreciate a lot of the same things, probably if, conduct our business in very much the same way in, in many, many ways. I, I, there's one thing, though, that I'm wondering, I'd love to get your input on because it may be one place where we differ in our approach. If you've perused my website at all, you, you would find uh, eventually I'm uh, quite an advocate for concrete ponds for residential use. Prefer them over liner ponds. Now, I've built many liner ponds, and uh, liners are sometimes the only practical way to go with a really large, you know, small lake size pond. But for residential backyard stuff, I'm a big advocate for concrete ponds. I'm wondering how you feel about concrete. I don't know if you work with concrete in new installations, but you certainly have worked with concrete with old ones uh, that somebody else has done. So what's your view on that? Well, I I think concrete is a medium that can be used to build ponds. It's not how I happen to build ponds. Um, but it certainly can be used because I've seen it evidence of that, you know, all the time um, because I do work with any type of pond. So the concrete ponds that I've come across, I've seen some real beautiful ones, and I've seen some ones that are really, they need some aesthetic work or they need just some, they have issues with how they function and there's cracking and, and all that kind of stuff. So anybody who's considering concrete should work with somebody who knows concrete well and is using a high-quality concrete and it's being sealed up correctly. But I, I don't have any issue with concrete ponds. I know that you can do both ways. You, you can keep concrete koi ponds. You can keep concrete water gardens and just general water features as well. So I, I don't really have any issue with concrete ponds. It just doesn't happen to be the way I build because, honestly, I've never been trained to do it, and I'm, I'm not comfortable offering that service unless I really know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very honest honest response. I think that's great. My thing about the liner with all the rock covering it, I'm concerned as a build from a building point of view about all the places that debris has a, a chance to hide with a, a liner pond that's just covered with stone. If you've got all that stone under the water, it's been my experience that that's where debris accumulates and that's where anaerobic bacteria can get a, a foothold and trying to clean that, trying to do the overhaul at the end of the year to get the, the muck out of those spaces. I, I would hate to do that particular cleaning job. I mean, not that I haven't. I've done it many times. But I, the more that's in the pond yeah. below the water level. I, I love rock. Rock and the landscape and the surrounding perimeter and the coping of the pond. Sh- sure, of course. But below waterline, it, it becomes quite a cleaning obstacle, does it not? Or do you not find that to be true? Uh, I don't really find that to be so true. I do agree with what you're saying, though, because gravel and rock work is going to pull material out of solution. So in a way, it functions as a mechanical filter. And I look at especially gravel. When I look at gravel in a pond, most people are looking at it from an aesthetic point of view. I look at it from a functional point of view, and I try to relate it to you can keep 
fish in a glass fish tank. And you hook up a filter, and they'll be fine. You don't need gravel. You don't need that stuff. But that glass fish tank does tend to grow algae a little quicker. It does tend to have more turbid water because the, the material can't settle out anywhere. But when you add a two-inch layer of gravel to that same fish tank, the water gets a little clearer. You have improved biological filtration, but you need to clean the gravel. So the gravel is a filter. A filter removes material and processes it, and that's what the gravel does too. It grows bacteria on it, which breaks down that material that's settling into the gravel. So in that sense, yes, you do need to clean it. You do need to maintain it like any other type of filter if you're looking at it as gravel filtration. We do clean-outs once a year to once every two years on most of our gravel and rock ponds. It's a big job, but it's typically once a year, and it does capture quite a bit of debris, but it doesn't, it's not any more of a challenge. I mean, honestly, I, we do the exposed liner ponds and we do concrete pond cleanouts as well. There may be a little less work, but overall, when you're really doing a, a good pond cleanout like the spring startup, it's a big job. Gravel or no gravel, it's a big job. It's got to be done right. But for me personally, in short, I know I'm kind of blabbing, but I like those ponds. I think I, I've had very good success with them. I like the way they look, the water quality mm-hmm. in them as well. Mm-hmm. I want you to uh, tell our listeners how they can learn more about what you do. If you would share with us your, your YouTube channel and uh, your website and so forth, where, where can people find out more about your projects and what you're up to, Mike? Sure. Well, my website I use as kind of my, my catch-all. So I have everything lands on my website, which is fullserviceaquatics.com, but I also call it loveyourpond.com. That's a lot easier to remember. So if you go to loveyourpond.com, I have all my services, my portfolio on there of different installations that we've worked on. The blog is there. And the blog is, I like my blog. Of course, I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I try to well, cover it's, it's, whole, it is. It is not. It is nicely done. I mean, you, I, I like your attitude. I think you come across as very fair-minded and, and concerned and passionate about the subject. Your website is very complete and very attractive. Uh, I urge anybody interested in ponds to, to pay it a visit. Loveyourpond.com. Loveyourpond.com. And if you see Full Service Aquatics, you're, you're not in the wrong place. That's the proper name for your business is, is Full Service Aquatics. That's and right. that's also fullserviceaquatics.com. So either one works to get you to the same place. That's right. And you have access to everything. Do you want to share a phone number? Yeah, 908-277-6000. Also easy to remember, 908-277-6000. And you can really get uh, familiar with Mike's work and uh, his approach to pond building by visiting his videos at his YouTube channel. And how will they find you there? It's YouTube slash The Pond Hunter. And that's how I first okay. uh, heard about you, frankly, was, was you've got enough names, yeah. <laughs> but you, you're also covering a lot of ground. And yeah. pond, how'd you come up with Pond Hunter as a, as uh, a name? I don't know. It, it, uh, <laughs> it just when I started thinking about what I could do with this, the, the catchphrase is in the pursuit of all things aquatic. So it's, it's just the idea of going out and looking for these things, being willing to yeah. be spontaneous. So in a sense, if I'm driving down a road and I see something cool that I think people would like to see, I'm out hunting all the time for all these different things. So the pond hunter just seemed to, to have a nice little catch to it. Quite honestly, I mean, the, well. the, uh, Crocodile Hunter was, was a very, very popular name, so I figured the Pond Hunter would be easy to remember. 
Um, even with and you probably would prefer not to run into a crocodile in one of those ponds. I'm trying not to. That's uh, that's why I'm not in Florida. <laughs> I know guys who have to not too many crocodiles up there around New York. I don't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot of nice videos there, and you're, you're certainly providing a real service to the public and trying to teach people about pond keeping. Uh, you're really promoting the the craft. Yeah, I think what we do is is an amazing hobby. I'd like to see anybody who's involved with it try to keep it as strong as possible. It's a hobby that appeals to all different ages. doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. There's something about keeping fish in a pond or a water garden that just attracts everybody from a two-year-old to a 90-year-old, and it's a great family hobby. Uh, instead of people having to leave home to go and enjoy the things that they want to do, it can be right in your own backyard. I want to thank you for being on our show. Likewise, Ken. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Come back and visit us again. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tell your friends and family about the new Prince of Ponds podcast. Invite them to tune in. And I would so much appreciate you leaving a review comment on iTunes and voting for the show. This is a brand new show, you know, so we could use the boost. And don't forget to check out my other new podcast, Jungle Deep. It is a lot of fun. For those of you who could use some help with your projects, I want you to know that I am available for hourly consulting or project supervision. Just shoot me an email. You can reach me by email at princeofpawns at calaverasgold.tv. That's all one word, princeofpawns at C-A-L-A-V-E-R-A-S, gold, G-O-L-D, dot TV, as in television. I would love to hear about your project. Until next time, splash me. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.